0: This is Christine Brown, and while I have to listen to this podcast as my motherly duty, you have the choice not to. My sons sometimes say some naughty things when they're trying to be funny, but really, they're just being stupid. You still want to listen? Go right ahead. I am not your mother. Welcome back to the Patriots Dynasty podcast. It has been a while. Uh, we finished 2004 season and then uh, I'm guessing that nobody thought we would do the 2005 season, but here we are. Uh, and that is the Royal week because um, uh, royally, my brothers are both headed to England for a wedding. Um, my passport is still in the mail, so I am not going. So I've decided to do the podcast instead. Um, also they uh, in full disclosure, both of the brothers wanted to skip 2005 and 2006 and go straight to 2007, um, but I said no. So I decided uh, that I would need some help because I have done this before on my own in the past, and Greg has ripped that to shreds. So uh, I've decided to call in our, uh, you've heard us talk about him before in the past, but uh, our intern Tim, uh he is going to be joining us today so tim nice to have you on bud
1: pleasure to be on nice
0: (laughs) all right and i have to say uh i love my brothers i enjoy doing this with them uh it's a breath of fresh air to have somebody else who actually prepares for a podcast other than me (laughs) we've been chatting back and forth and you've actually like done some of the work to do the the prep and that is uh a very new idea for me i'm not used to this
1: <laughs> well i'm uh, i'm just glad to uh be able to be the next man up <laughs> and uh you know work my way up the rankings
0: you're gonna do your you job know? i like that yeah
1: i, I, I <laughs> hope that i've done that up to this point so
0: yeah we're, we're gonna have to ask greg if he knows who wally pip is when he gets yeah <laughs> <back>. fucking greg <sighs> all right so we like i said we are starting 2005 we're actually gonna do it um We've done this two thousand two, where it didn't end in a Super Bowl, and that was tough. I am not going to lie. Um, So, Tim, uh, you are getting yourself into something here. Uh, but um, I think we just jump right into it. Two thousand five, week one, opening night of the two thousand five season. This was the first, you know, the opening game that the Patriots so often play in because they are the Super Bowl winners. Yeah. Although I believe they didn't do it the last time they won the Super Bowl, right? They they weren't the opening night. Game after uh, the most recent Rams Super Bowl, I think the season after they didn't open the season.
1: Well, I didn't. I found it weird that um, I, well, for this one, I didn't know that every season started off on a Thursday. I didn't know that it kicked off on a Thursday.
0: The, it didn't always used to, but I think right around this time is when that started. Like it was that yeah. Thursday night game, yeah. But it used to just be like opening weekend. But then they started the that one special game to to kick off the season.
1: Yeah, because I I hadn't noticed that before, and I don't know I don't know how closely I followed last year as far as like trying to keep up, because mm. uh, I mean, I'm not exactly sure when I jumped in. But yeah, I have listened to every episode. So.
0: <laughs> you are. Th- I, I think you're you're one of two. I believe Ma- Mama Brown is probably listening. Uh no, she didn't listen to the uh, the um, Cam Newton uh, erotica one. So if you listen to that one, then you've got her beat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um yeah, so this was opening night. Um and part of the the whole and we'll talk about the pregame first and the, the banner and everything, but um a lot of the like coming back from commercial intro things, they kept talking about how the Sunday night game was a double header because of Hurricane Katrina, which had just happened. Right. Um, which I completely actually forgotten about. Um, Yeah,
1: this that definitely takes up like a huge part of the season and even uh, is a big reason why Troy Brown, uh, Troy Brown was happy with this decision to come back because he was like, yeah, it was a blessing. I got to do so many good things.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But uh, also, I mean, to your point, Troy Brown. Beginning of the, uh in the off season was released by the Patriots yep. and was offered wow. like a bigger contract by the saints, but decided to come back for the vet minimum
1: because, and he was uh guaranteed he was going to be their number three receiver
0: and right yeah in New yeah.
1: England he had really no footing
0: no yeah he was he was way down the depth track because they had uh obviously branch and Patton and Givens, but they also well, brought in a few well, oh, Givens, no,
1: not Givens left. I mean, not Givens, Um, Patton, Patton left. left. Yeah. to go to
0: Redskins. Right, right, right. Um, and that worked out well, as you know, going to the Redskins often does. Yeah, sure. He got paid though. Um, but yeah, he was, yeah, made, he, he was made
1: to be the number one.
0: Well, oh, that's right. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he got like big time money.
1: Yeah, yeah and I was I was reading I was reading a bunch of stuff on the Globe. Like I, I've always had a soft spot for like for obviously Troy Brown, but David Patton too, because he was so crucial. Mm-hmm. And um. I was reading that he was like, uh, like, just so appreciative to be part of the Patriots and all that stuff, and he was really going to like, he was hoping to turn the Redskins around. So, <laughs> and didn't get to do
0: that. But A one man cannot turn around the the Redskins. No. It's not not happening. Oh, they might be selling <laughs> soon, so that, that would be interesting. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, actually, let's let's talk about the offseason before we get into any of the kind of other stuff. Because okay. um, this was kind of a tumultuous offseason. I mean, you know, the Patriots, they win a Super Bowl and you have a lot of turnover because, you know, you're the best and people try to poach your players and coach and everything. But um, this offseason, there was a lot of uh, coaching drain specifically because both the offensive and, and defensive coordinators left. Um, Charlie Weiss went to coach Notre Dame. Uh, did not work out well, I don't believe. And... um uh, Romeo Cornell went to Coach Cleveland, and who, he poached somebody too, didn't he?
1: Uh, uh, Joe Drewsey signed over there because he ended up getting paid. Um,
0: yeah, I, like I think he
1: poached some player. coaching staff too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was someone that he wanted specifically. Was it Mangini? I think he wanted Mangini, and um, oh, really? And then uh, Belichick ended up like outfitting him. Oh, no, okay. I read something about that in the Globe. Yeah. Cause I yeah, guess uh, Romeo was, yeah, I know that it's, if you reach around this number, like we won't be able to get him. So, okay. yeah. So huh. he, he worked to keep him.
0: All right. Uh, yeah. So, so they, those two left. And, and like you said, they promoted uh, Mangini as the defensive coordinator and technically didn't name anybody the offensive coordinator, which, Everybody was up in arms with lately about the Pages doing that, but this obviously isn't the first time they've done it. Um, and actually, they they made a comment in the broadcast that there was another team that didn't do that this year uh, in 2005, and that was the Dallas Cowboys with Bill Parcells, did not name an offensive coordinator. Classic. Awesome. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so it's obviously something that runs in that tree. Um, but it was, for all intents and purposes, uh, Josh McDaniels running the offense, calling the plays. They, they actually like, sh- like cut to him and you could see him calling in the plays to Tom Brady. Um, but I found something in, um, this is nice because I, I don't have to, uh, defend the fact that I can read to my brothers who can't. Um, but I was reading, um, some of the, the books that I have. And, uh, in war room by Michael Hawley, he talked about this specifically mm-hmm. and actually, um, the receivers coach at the time was Brian Dable who right, oh, yeah, a yeah. year older than Josh McDaniels and was the one that recommended um, McDaniels to the Patriots when they were looking for an entry-level employee in 2001. And gotcha. so McDaniels got on the team and then was promoted to offensive coordinator ahead of him Um, would eventually kind of lead to Brian Dable leaving the team um, because of like that rift. Mm. So kind of some, uh, some foreshadowing there, which is yeah. interesting. Um, so yeah, so, so we have, you know, your offensive and defensive coordinator leaving, uh, kind of a lot. Um, Ty Law also left your, your lock, your shutdown corner, um, which is something that Belichick does very well with when he has a lockdown corner. Those defenses are usually pretty historic, um, which we saw in 2003 and 2004. Um, but even after the 2003 Super Bowl, Tyler actually wanted out because he saw what happened to Lloyd Molloy. Um, and he also saw everybody getting a ton of money. Um, so, like in free agency. So he basically just came out and said, uh, uh, The quote is, I no longer want to be a patriot. He asserted, I can't even see myself putting on that uniform again. That's how bad I feel about playing here. Um, that was 2003 and after 2003, so he did play 2004, but then got released because, um, basically the Patriots couldn't pay him enough and he was just done with them. So he decided to leave, went to the jets. Another great decision by a former Patriot, uh, went for the money, got paid a shit ton. And, uh, the jets, I think finished with four wind on the season, 2005.
1: Yeah, They did your hot.
0: Not so great. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to them later though. Um, Let's see what else. Oh, the the big news. Uh, We'll get to that at the end, actually. A couple other small things. Uh, The draft. This draft was, I think, a wild one. Um, The 2005 draft was most notable for uh, the 24th pick, which was Aaron Rodgers. And he fell. I remember watching that. It was like one of the first drafts I actually watched. And watching Aaron Rodgers sitting there just kind of pouting at the table because he thought he was gonna be like a top ten pick and he was dropping and dropping and dropping. Uh is a face that I'll always remember. And um I think I'm wondering if that has dictated a lot of like how he's run his career uh, over the past decade or however long it's been. Um
1: longer than a decade.
0: Yeah, whatever it is. Closer than I'm 20. Um yeah, uh other notable draft picks in that were let's see. Alex Smith. He won the runs. Yep, yeah. Um uh a bunch of solid running back, I say Ronnie Brown was in there, uh Braylon Edwards, Adam Jones, Pac-Man Jones was up there, mm. uh Entrell roll, Carlos Rogers, Demarcus Ware, Sean Merriman. Like this is a this is kind of a pretty top end heavy draft.
1: Funny because uh, something I was reading in those Globe articles, uh, because of the trades that Belichick made, you know, people were asking him questions, and he said, you know, it wasn't it wasn't one of the best drafts uh, out there. So he wasn't he was he wasn't thoroughly impressed. But there were some pretty decent guys around. Him.
0: Yeah, at the, at the top. Um, I, I, I mean, the Patriots draft themselves, uh, obviously picking thirty second in each. Um and each round will will kind of get you uh less than than what you would expect to get, you know, higher up that you that you mm. see. Um, which right. I think is one of those things where you know everybody tries to bash Belichick for the way he drafts. But I mean, if you're picking last every round, like you're not going to be getting these top ten guys because they go in the top ten and you're never picking there. Yeah. Um but in typical um uh, New England sports talk, New England sports media um, fashion. Uh, Kevin Mannix from the Herald uh, had a review of the, uh, the the first day pick, the first round pick, which happened to be, um, well, I'll just read the quote. Uh, quote, The Pats decision to take offensive lineman Logan Mankins and pass on a much higher rate of players like safety Broadney Poole and linebacker Barrett Rudd it seemed even worse a day later, wrote Kevin Mannix in the Herald. He used an analogy of the boxer Jake LaMotta being bloodied even worse than he imagined. Quote, nobody was expecting the Pats to walk away with best-in-show hardware. Not many Super Bowl champs get that honor. Picking at the end of each round without the benefit of multiple picks in the early rounds pretty much eliminates that chance. But even when you factor in the position of the picks, the Patriots came away looking barely average because they blew the chance to get a playmaker with that first pick. That's not familiar. It sounds like basically Twitter during every draft the Patriots have ever had. Yeah, pretty much. Like, oh, this was a failure of a draft because they didn't get weapons for Tom Brady. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, you know, you know, I, I, I feel, I've, I, don't know about you, but I've heard of Logan Mankins before. Um, do you yep. recognize that name? Yeah, yep. I, th- I think he did okay, right?
1: Yeah, he did all right.
0: Yeah, he was, he was pretty much a stalwart. Um, let's see, in that other terrible draft that they had, uh, Ellis Hobbs, a uh, starting corner quarter- cornerback they had for a while, also, yep. um. I believe holds the record for the longest kick return in Patriots history like 107 yeah. or 109 yards.
1: Yeah, I feel like that was that was against like the Vikings or something. Uh
0: I believe uh opening day against the Jets in 2007. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that game. Even better. Uh, yeah, Nick, Nick Casher in the third. Yep. Not bad. James Sanders a safety who played for a while. Um and then pick 230 in the 7th round. Quarterback out of Southern California Matt Castle. Can't say, I mean, you know, it's not maybe some of the other drafts they've had where they're getting guys like Will Fork and you know, all these defensive you know hall of famers. Um but a solid draft, I would say.
1: Yeah. Well especially with the linemen because they started much right away and mm-hmm. were
0: yeah, I mean that's if Belichick can pick somebody, it's it's a lineman for sure uh and also a backup quarterback
1: Yeah, very good at that
0: yeah um
1: and will hang around
0: yeah oh yeah uh let's see who else like oh um ted johnson left uh he retired after basically being diagnosed before it was a thing with cte uh back in 2005 uh basically his uh you went to his doctor because you're having like headaches and all sorts of like weird shit going on and his doctor's like yeah this is from like all your concussions you should stop playing football um, huh. so he basically hung it up like I think pretty close Late. to the beginning of yeah. the season yeah it was the
1: day before training camp yeah I'm like because I thought he was trying to stick it to Bill I was trying to find right. info on that if he was just trying to be like hey fuck you yeah. Um, yeah. but I didn't find anything on that and uh, so, he didn't and he didn't have any like Bellatech didn't have any disparaging mark, remarks.
0: No, I have them here because um, <clears throat> from uh, the the Dynasty book by Jeff Benedict, a uh, pretty recent book actually, um, talked about it, actually uh, like Ted Johnson called up um, Robert Kraft and was like like told him about it, and so Kraft um, paid Johnson his four hundred thousand dollar roster bonus that he would have been entitled to if he had played. Um, and then went and drank beers in Kraft's living room that night.
1: (laughs) Um, best thing if you're having like symptoms from,
0: (laughs) oh yeah. Right. I mean, what's, what's a beer. Um, and then so, and then Belichick put his own public statement out, said, uh, Ted informed me of his decision today. And we had a good discussion. Although his retirement is unexpected, we thoroughly respect his decision, support him as he moves on. It goes without saying, but Ted Johnson is a class act. He was a solid contributor to this defense and the New England Pages organization his entire career. Ted's signature work, or Ted's signature was a work ethic and toughness that were second to none. He retires a champion. Um, it does kind of touch on uh, their relationship. Um, It says, Belichick's relationship with Johnson has been contentious. Back in 2002, things got so bad between them that Johnson had cleaned out his locker, stormed out of the facility, and threatened to quit. Quote, we went from, I wanted out of there, I hated the man, I resented him, I was angry, hurt, disgusted, to being captain in the next year, Johnson said of that time period. And honestly, we put it behind us. But as Johnson stepped away from the Patriots, his view toward Belichick would harden. Don't know why, um, but if you listen to him on the radio now... It has not softened. He hates Bill Balachek. To the point where he <laughs> basically takes pot shots at him now.
1: Hey, I mean I don't mind it. I'm I'm not a uh, I'm not one to not criticize. I am.
0: <laughs> and Bill and Bill I trust.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a little like in between that. Yeah, y'all can go for yourself. <laughs> I decide side will be other Brown brothers
0: on that front. He's given he's given you the best twenty years of your life, and this is how you're gonna repay him by questioning everything he does. It's
1: not questioning everything he does, but you have to be (laughs) adaptable and you have to be open. And he he has definitely done that.
0: But I I just think I
1: don't know. I feel like the way he's approaching, as far as uh bringing players on, Mm -hmm. like his approach to that, I think is uh dated. Dated. He doesn't doesn't want to pay people and. With the success that he hasn't had in the draft the last, you know, so many odd years, it just reflects that way. Like you have to have good people, like willing to have to prove it to do good, and then that worked out. He's not a good gambler anymore. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know. We'll see. (laughs)
0: Sorry. (laughs) No, everybody's got their opinion. I just disagree. I think yours that's my opinion.
1: Fine. That's okay. That's all right. Sucks. Hey, hey! I've been wrong <laughs> so many times before. So, uh, so have I. I owe Grand Jersey <laughs> this past season. Oh yeah, I was gonna bring that up because I but he didn't owes get me one the
0: the season before. So oh, so it's a wash. Yeah, I think we're I think we're gonna trade uh, baby jerseys. <laughs> there you go. That'll be perfect. <laughs> yeah, it will be good. So I gotta figure out what to get. Yeah, my son for a jersey. I don't know. Like, what? What do you do? Um, I think
1: you go with a classic so that you bring him up. You know, I mean,
0: he's going to get that by default because his dad runs a fucking Patriots dynasty podcast. Uh, yeah. So I'm not quite sure if I get like, I don't know. I get like a Mac Jones one now and hope Mac Jones sticks around. Like, who's gonna who's gonna be that longevity now? Like the guy you're like, yeah, that's the jersey you get. Maybe Judon. Go into it. That, right, that's that's close thing I can think of. I don't know. Maybe yeah, I don't know, It's a, know. a tough one. Rookies. I mean, you, you don't you don't want to get a running backs one because I mean yeah. running backs don't last in, in this league or on this team. <laughs> they definitely not on this it. team. Yeah, I mean <laughs> sucks Damian Harris is gone. Yep. Sucks more than the Bills. That's brutal. Um speaking of sucks, though. Uh, some more off-season talk um, <laughs> involving our our best bud Vladimir Putin. Believe it or not, uh, and this I don't know if you remember this, but I don't know why I remember this, but I did. Um, but basically, Kraft was over in Russia, uh, like with some like business leaders trying to like get some you know business started with the Russians and like ease those tensions and such. Um, and so they were doing like a, a photo like a group photo with Putin and like some other guys. And, uh, Kraft pulled out his soup ball ring that he just got to show it to, um, show it to Putin. Putin puts it on and then keeps it. And Kraft's like, "Yo, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, and so Kraft's like, I, I don't know what to do because like, you know, we're supposed to be making a good impression with fucking Vladimir Putin, the leader of Russia. And he just stole my ring. Um, and then it turns to like this whole fucking thing it was like this huge like political like not a scandal but just like a, a a big fucking deal because like putin's like well you know he gave it to me and, and Kraft is like dude it has my name inscribed on it like why, why would i give you that <laughs> and so he basically just like um like the the bush administration who was president at the time um basically decided that he would honor their request and um, let President Putin keep the ring. <laughs> uh, here's the quote. At that point, I decided to give him the ring as a symbol of the respect and admiration that I have for the Russian people and the leadership of President Putin, Kraft uh, said. Which, uh, that quote also aged like milk, but, you know. <laughs> Perhaps not the the best leadership being shown at the moment. Um but yeah, yeah. So it's it's been a wild off season.
1: Yeah, a lot going on.
0: Yeah, and that's that's only the small stuff because the big thing um, that we've been kind of skirting around is Teddy Bruschi, where was it, like uh, a week after, maybe a month. Yeah. Oh, it was um, it was like a few days after. I think it was the Pro Bowl. Um, oh. Because he and Brady were at the Pro Bowl together. And Brady was, like, talking about how, um, yeah, we, we're going to do the 3 Pete, because no team has ever in the NFL has ever done it. Uh, and so that was the conversation they had 36 hours before. And then, um, <laughs> in true Teddy Bruschi fashion, he was asleep at night. Um, he was having a dream that he was tackling Jerome Bettis. And he kind of, like, in the dream, he, like, braced for collision. Like he did it physically, and when he woke up, he was like all like his body was all tight. Um, like his what was say, His fists were clenched, his arms extended, his muscles contracted. He felt pins and needle sensation in his left arm and leg. Uh and this is at 4 a.m. And so he's like, ah shit, you know, I mean, yeah, this sort of stuff like happens to football players, like they get banged up all the time like their their bodies don't work and all this shit. So he's like, oh, I'm just gonna go, you know, walk it off and go go to the bathroom and take a whiz. And he stood up and, like, almost fell over. Um, and he couldn't, like, he couldn't see out of his left eye. And so, basically, he had a stroke um, in the middle of the night. Uh, and it turns out it was because he had a small hole in his heart. And, you know, there was a blood clot that you know, somehow affected that and didn't get to his brain, but, like, he had a stroke. Um, and I don't know if you remember the video of like him returning home from the hospital. He's in a
1: wheelchair, right?
0: He could like barely walk. Yeah. And he was like yeah. having to be held up and it was like real
1: rough. It's like you know? watching your hero and finding out that he's human.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because it's, it's Teddy Bruschi. The guy just like throws his body at people. Like his whole move is like, he comes in on the blitz and the running back tries to go low. So he just like jumps over them. He just them, on con legs, Yeah. And just like, yeah, just like kamikazes into the, uh, into the quarterback for the set. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, this is what he does. He just goes, like, head first.
0: Yeah. Nuts. Into everything. And and now you're seeing him being, like, carried by his wife into his house. You're like, well, I mean, he's, he's never, never ball playing ball. again. Yeah. um, Turns out that wasn't, wasn't the case. Uh, and so, he actually recovered really well to the point where, right before the season, like, they weren't, like, he had actually come out and said, you know, I'm not playing again um and i think the commentators in the game actually talked about how uh i think i have the quote here they, they because they, yeah they're obviously they're going to talk about him mm. and they said um, where is it uh oh yeah al michael's it was al michael's and um john madden
1: i'm oh it was so good too fucking fantastic so good love john madden um, oh i i did not appreciate him like at the at time because I was 11. We didn't.
0: Yeah, and I I've been. I uh, I feel like he will eventually kind of like start to to fade down the stretch because I I just remember like everybody he was the butt of all the jokes. Yeah, like John Madden, be like, oh well, you know, the team to score the most points is going to win the game, you know. But like at this point, I don't. Know, this is his like his peak or whatever. But he is phenomenal. Super like approachable stuff. He's he's breaking everything down and like pointing out, like, great blocks and things like that on running plays, like, just, like, on the fly. You know, like, yeah. He has him queuing it up and he's, it's like, it's amazing.
1: It's the the one that got me giggling, uh, <laughs> Kerry Collins' first throw uh, mm-hmm. is a throw to Jerry Porter, yep. and he says, that looks like the first throw on the road against the defending world champs. <laughs> yeah,
0: because it was not, a was like, right? That's right, yeah. He was so right. Fucking, it was like it was not it like everything just looked unnatural. Like the route didn't look quite right and Kerry Collins rolling out and throwing it, and it's just like oof, that looks stiff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Al Michaels made a comment they they showed Bruce on the sidelines says uh, Bruce Bruce hopes to play again this season, but the chances of that are infinitesimal. Because you know it's Al Michaels, he loves big words. Yeah. Um but what he didn't know is right before the beginning of the season. Um, Bruschi went and met with Belichick and just told him that he wanted to main on the PUP list. Um, and Belichick's like, why would you want to do that? Like the only reason I would keep you on the PUP list, is if you want to re- return to the active roster in 2005, like that's, that's what we use that for. Um, and I guess Belichick's like, let me get this straight. There's still no way of you playing this year at all. Right. And Bruschi is just like, pause and say anything. And then eventually Bruce's like, I'm going to play this year. And Belichick. Belichick's like, whoa, I want to make sure we're on the same page here. Are you telling me yeah. that going out there and picking up another linebacker this year would be the wrong move? And Brucey's like, yeah, that'd be the wrong move. So they basically just said, fuck it, we're not going to pick up another linebacker. We've got fucking Monty Beasle and, and Chad Brown. That'll do. Um, oh, so bad for Chad Brown. <laughs> <laughs> didn't know he was getting himself into uh yeah I thought he'd be backing up some some world class uh linebackers learning from them, but uh that did not happen um oh nope. yeah so uh so that is <laughs> the off season um just a bit of a dumpster fire really um all the way around uh I actually remember coming into the two thousand five season not being as confident as I normally was um because of all the crap that had happened absolutely. I mean, you know, you lose guys every year, but just the amount of guys you lost, the type of guys you lost in terms of, like, leadership and stuff like that.
1: You lose Roman Pfeiffer,
0: too. Yeah, exactly. Who was um, top quality linebacker, like, one of those just, like, older dudes who knows what he's doing. Uh, Is That leader in the locker room was a big part of, like, a lot of those Super Bowl runs, even though, not like, not necessarily, like, in playing time, but just, like you know they, they you read all these stories about this defense and they're just like um you know we had all these calls and checks and uh like the the call would come in from the sideline and Brewski would like relay the call but it didn't matter cuz we all knew what we had to do already anyway like right. we're just it was like call and response it wasn't like oh this is what we need to do and then like apparently uh in the 2004 super bowl uh they implemented a whole new like scheme, just to fuck with the the Eagles and and their offense because and you know like unquestionably like yeah of, of course we're gonna implement something brand new on the eve of the Super Bowl because you know they they were just like that tight knit and like everybody knew what everybody else was doing like Seymour would just turn around and be like hey I'm gonna like fucking do a little bit different on this stunt and then like all the line was like yep got it and they would just be, know exactly how to shift. To maximize like what they used to do on everything um, but you lost a lot of those guys yep so this and then, and better. that's
1: probably what Chad Brown's coming in for to replace Roman Pfeiffer
0: I would think so yeah um, but even in this game you saw um, the Patriots I think at, at times they uh, again John Madden pointed this out they started playing a three four. Um, yep. but they were giving up some long runs, which is what apparently a Norv Turner offense is known for—is the running game, which I, I wasn't aware of. Uh, I always thought him as like a passing guru, but they went through the list of all his running backs uh, when he was like offensive coordinator or, or coach, and they all had like the best season of their lives, like Ricky William running for almost two thousand yards. You know, like that sort of shit. Um,
1: was that uh, when he was with the Saints?
0: Uh, no, the Dolphins, I believe.
1: The Dolphins. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, he's just, you know, this is a, a, what should have been on paper a pretty good offense. Uh, but, yeah, so Belichick is swapping out. They started 3-4, and then they moved to a 4-3. On some plays, they only had two defensive linemen on the field. There's, I mean, they're still doing their Patriot thing. Um, but you're trying to do it with new guys, which... Is tougher, and I think we'll see that as the season goes on, when the page start giving up a bit more points than you're used to seeing. Yeah, especially coming from two thousand three, two thousand four, right? <laughs> that's a sad look you just gave me to. Uh,
1: it's just not. It's just not great, especially that first drive where they, they give up a touchdown in like less than four minutes. Like, yep, that's a culture shock. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, because yeah. and they there was a stat that they put up. That was the first Mm -hmm. opening drive touchdown. They had given up in 31 31 games. games.
0: Yeah. Almost two full seasons. (laughs)
1: Like this is, that's a adjustment to, you know, it's a foreshadow for what's to come later on. Yeah. A little bit.
0: Um, (sighs) Yeah, it was tough. But I mean, also let's talk about this Oakland Raiders team. I haven't really touched on that much. Um, have we mentioned that it was the Raiders are playing? They <laughs> <I'm all
1: laughs> played the Raiders. Oh, well, we, we also forgot to talk about the,
0: um, yeah. Oh yeah. The, the banner celebration. Yeah. Christ. Um, I have some notes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Cause I got, I need to know what you thought of that. Did you see so, the, you uh, saw the video, right? I saw the video. Okay.
0: Um, so I, for one, I, uh, I like heavy metal. Um, it's a, a genre of music I listen to. I, I listened there. to Ozzy Osbourne okay. um, in the past. Uh, I, I have actually learned how to play Crazy Train on the guitar um, because I love it so much. This was not a good rendition, first of all.
1: <laughs> not great. Uh,
0: Ozzy, uh, I hate to say it. Um, I was going to say I hate to talk ill of the dead, but he will never actually die, um, so that's fine. Um, but he, he did not have it anymore in 2005. I don't know if he's still touring or not. He probably is because it's Ozzy Osbourne. Um I'm not sure he knew where he was. Um it
1: didn't seem there with everyone because when no. he started saying "Come on, clap." I was yeah. like
0: <laughs> Yeah, and he it seemed like he was like uh out of tune and uh not quite on beat. It was tough to like the audio wasn't great anyways. It was just like he was all you could hear and he was singing his his own song out of tune um that was tough uh but i will say the way it started they just had like this massive you know the the patriot head like the helmet that they come the, the team runs out of right they had that but the top opened up and the band was inside that i'm like oh, all right all right this is good and then the band started playing i'm like oh well never mind good while it lasts um and then it will like cut to Bob craft. You're like, oh, oh, welcome to the new season and your world champion, New England Patriots. Um, also not looking as svelte as, as we're used to seeing Bob craft there. He, he looked like he was, uh, putting on a couple of LBs there.
1: Yeah. Uh, he didn't look man. great. Like, I think, you know, but you have to think, put it into context. He has just won two straight Super Bowls, so his off seasons, maybe, yeah, you know, Yep.
0: yep. he's been eating well, uh, celebrating a lot, um, and he did his. Yeah, uh, his. I don't think he's drunk when he gives these speeches, but he he just kind of has that like real slight slur when he. Yeah, he I, those, I know what like, you mean. Speaking in front of the the crowd. Uh, and usually it's like after our, you know an afc championship game you're like oh fucking great he's he's hammered that's awesome but this is like before the season kicked off you're like mm, maybe that's just how he talks in, in these things it's just like ever so slightly like oh maybe you drank i'm not sure um but then like that was i i, I don't think they plan it f- further than that because you know and then like the patriots the song is playing, and the Patriots come out to like fireworks and they they all run and it's out of weird. Yeah. So they all run That's out, but so then they all just like stand on the field. But like, crazy train still playing, the lights are still going and everything. But they're all just like, now what do we do? So it was like, they pan up to Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> right. Who's like, thinking this is MTV, like, we'll be right back with the next act. And we're like, the next act is football, homie. I, I don't know what. What what is happening here? And uh, like the team just kind of like meandering or ar- meandering around the field, like talking to each other, I'm like what? So I'm like, my first thought was like, Brady didn't seem all that impressed. And he was just like walking around, you know, trying to loosen up and whatnot in the middle of a fucking crazy train.
1: Yeah, it was it was a mess. So, so I'm, like, I, I'm
0: like, I I need to know uh, what Belichick thought of this. Like, what is Belichick doing? And they didn't show anything in the video. Um, I'm like oh man that would have been great to see but then during the broadcast Alan uh, John Madden actually like played a clip of Belichick and his assistant coaches sitting on the bench going through their game plan while all of this is happening like oblivious to the fact that anything is going on I'm like that is fucking perfect that's exactly how I want my coach to be
1: yeah he was very uh, like not impressed at all could not care less
0: yeah it was amazing
1: So the the one thing that I did see on this that I thought was really funny, um, so I guess people that were there, uh, they had like something in uh, Detroit because that's where the Super Bowl was going to be. So the Rolling Stones stayed there and then... Kanye West performed, oh, no. but this was right after he did the George Bush doesn't care about bad yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, so I guess people in the stands were all booing throughout that. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, so everyone was like, the whole vibe was just <laughs> completely <laughs> off. And Ozzy comes out after that, so it's just like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? And they they just oh, and then they had. um, Trisha Yearwood, who I've never even heard of, Maroon nope.
0: Five, Santana, yeah, it's just, just not like a a random Rain Day collection. Too.
1: Just, just yeah, just, just, a just random ass collection. Yeah, yeah. It's just because, the NFL I mean, trying to branch to everybody and bring everyone in
0: all at once. Yeah, because I mean, Crazy Train makes sense and Aussie makes sense because they play that, you know, after like you know that that's what the team runs out to every game. So right. I mean, to have him perform it live's like, yeah, that makes sense. But the rest of it's like, what the fuck is this? Uh, but I, I'm wondering if, like you were kind of talking about, is um, was this kind of one of the first, you know, opening nights where it's on the Thursday night and this is the only game in town? It's a big fucking deal, and you know, maybe I'm still working the kinks out on like how to make that a presentation. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think the only other kind of pregame thing is that this uh, the Raiders the. the I, I don't, I don't know if this is why they were picked um, to be the opener, but this is the Raiders' first time back in New England since the snowball and the Tuck Rule. And uh, we talked about it, I believe it was 2002, when uh, they had their rematch in Oakland. And um, the intro to that game was uh, Al Davis being super pissy about the Tuck Rule. And he was, like, so bitter and so just, like, awful about it. So I was wondering if uh, he was still being a bitch about it in 2005. My guess is probably. Um,
1: I mean, it's Al
0: Yeah, he doesn't seem like a guy who um, forgives and forgets. Doesn't doesn't seem like his style. Not so. that quickly, at least. <laughs> just in general. Like, he doesn't seem like <laughs> a, a forgiving type of guy. He, he's sued the NFL before. So, I mean i think I think he's probably he's probably still angry, even though he's not alive. Um, so I'm sure he's got some middle fingers pointed in the general direction of doing where he's buried. Um, so that's fun because um spoiler alert, the Patriots would win this game, which is great because um they don't win all of them like we're used to or they don't I mean, they win most of them because um, you know it is the early two thousand patriots. but uh I think this is kind of um you know, kind of that 2002 sort of feel where they just never really get in sync, um, suffer a handful of injury, like a bunch of injuries actually in this, this game, oh, not this game, this season, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah right out uh, the
1: bat, we have some injuries. Yeah. Chad
0: Scott, I, uh, Tyrone pool. Mm hmm. Yeah. I think there's, there's going to be a lot of them, um, because, uh, where I read it. um, Here we go. Overall injuries caused the Patriots to start 45 different players at one point or another during the season. An (sighs) NFL record for a division champion, breaking the record of 42 set by the Patriots in 2003. (laughs) (laughs) They've done it before, but like 45, I mean, in 2003, that's a historic
1: defense too.
0: Right. And yeah. And they're starting, uh, oh no, 2003 was not the year that, that they started, um, uh, Troy Brown at, at cornerback, but, uh, yeah, it, this it, it was just, you know, it's one of those, and it, it, I feel like that happens too. Like when the Patriots don't go far in the playoffs, it's usually because of injuries and nothing else. Um, I mean, just think about some of those like mid 2010 teams, like before they actually won in 2014, you know, like they, um, they had a whole bunch of, even the, the, um, Super Bowl in 2012, where, you know, Gronk got injured right down the stretch and they weren't quite the same team in the playoffs and limped into the Super Bowl. And then he tried to go and he couldn't. And like they, they lost because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with that season where Deion Lewis got hurt and, uh, they limped into Denver and couldn't win that one. Um,
1: yeah, we limped into Denver a few times.
0: 2014, I don't remember. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, I feel like whenever Denver beats the Patriots, it's because the Patriots limped there. Um,
1: and we go to Denver.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about these, these Raiders. Uh, because on paper, they looked much improved. In theory. Um, they had uh, a bad draft. <laughs> I will say that. Um, but they did make a big splash by trading linebacker Napoleon Harris and their first round pick, which was number seven overall. And a 2005 seventh round pick to Minnesota for wide receiver Randy Moss. Um, And I saw that you posted a globe snippet of how people were talking about the Vikings getting better by subtraction. And there was some super, super snarky. I don't know who wrote it, but some super snarky thing about. Yeah, let's see how that works out. Um, I don't think it did.
1: Yeah, Madden was like big on that. He he said that in the broadcast too. He's like, I don't know how anyone can think you can take 90 touchdowns off your team and you get better.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is this is Randy Moss uh, still a world class athlete, world class wide receiver, um, uh, just a bit disgruntled. Has had some, you know, had some run-ins with teammates and coaches and whatnot, but um this would not be the best for Randy Moss. I and watching this game, like I remember watching I think that you saw Randy Moss on the Vikings either last year, or the year before in 03 or 04. And it looked right. You know, Randy Moss wearing number 81, wherever it was on the Vikings looked right. You know, he's, uh, we that purple, him and Chris, um, Chris Carter. Uh, it looked good. And then in the Patriots, it made sense just because of, you know, all the, the records they set with him and Brady. Um, but seeing him, on the Raiders, just looks off. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't it doesn't look right. Like it's,
1: it's just. I think it's so. It reminds you of like Randy and his like Randy being Randy as much as he can. Yeah. And it was like it, it got the worst out of him having that Raiders jersey.
0: I think so. Yeah, and, and he's number eighteen as well, which doesn't look right. And he's just like him in the silver and black it's kind of like watching jerry rice there too like it just doesn't f- feel right mm. um because the raiders are so i think like the Raiders are such a an icon of like this is who the raiders are they're bad yeah and the, but those like and the, they have this like aura but these mm. other like big name players like iranian moss or jerry rice they already have that and so to like try to mesh the two which just doesn't fit in my head for some reason i can't can't figure out why Jamarcus Russell, yeah, it fits. You know, like I, I will always see Jamarcus Russell as, as a Raider. Like that, that makes sense. Um, yeah. But yeah, Randy Moss. Um, I won't say it didn't work out. Um, he had a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. Um, and it also, I think, helps uh, Jerry Porter, who's the other wide receiver on this team, go for nine forty-two and five touchdowns. So that's pretty damn good.
1: Yeah. Um, I was I was like, <laughs> especially him. when you have
0: Kerry Collins throwing you the ball. Yeah. Who um the broadcast was not hugely um I do not say they were critical of him, but they weren't exactly like supportive of him. And they were, they kept talking about like how he was like turning over new leaf after quitting on the Panthers. And I didn't remember anything about that, did you? No. Yeah. Um so I, I looked it up because, like, what the fuck he, he quit on the Panthers? Like, because he was there, like the Panthers' first ever draft pick? I thought, right? Um, Like, yeah, expansion draft. Yeah. Um. So it turns out, um, he was drafted in '95. They went to the playoffs in '96, and he was like, you know, he was the reason why he threw for a bunch of yards and touchdowns. Um. And it was like, you know, the, the Panther, I think the Panthers and the Jaguars both made the playoffs in their second year. Um, and it was like this bananas thing. And then 97, he didn't do so great. And they finished 7-9. And then apparently, uh, according to Wikipedia anyway, Carolina started the 98 season with Collins as a starting quarterback. After an 0-4 start, Collins walked into head coach Dom Capers' office and, as Collins later put it, told Coach Capers, my heart's not in it, I'm not happy, and I don't feel like I can play right now. What? Uh, he asked to be traded, but was instead placed on waivers by Carolina during the '98 season and subsequently signed with the Saints to finish the season. Uh, Collins would later oh. say that he did not intend to quit the Panthers, only to sit out for a few weeks. However, Capers interpreted his request as quitting on the team, and he was released. He later admitted that much of his erratic behavior was due to his struggles with alcoholism after being arrested for drunk driving later that year. He was ordered by the NFL to seek treatment for alcohol abuse. So, yeah, <laughs> Rock bottom apparently. No idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I had no idea that happened. Um so this is kind of like because I remember
1: I just remember him like being on the Giants, really. I yeah. I don't remember the years before that.
0: Right, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, and this is kind of the lost time too for him. Um so this is, but I guess this is part of his redemption tour of he's coming to the Raiders. He's got Rainy Moss and he's got some big guys. Um they traded for Curtis Martin's backup in uh, the Jets, uh, Lamont Jordan. And uh, like this on paper looks like a pretty good offense.
1: Um, Definitely look good on that first drive.
0: Yeah. Uh, and that was about it uh, for the season for them because they finished four and 12 um, and finished the season 23rds in points four and 21st in y- offensive yards. Not great um they also upgraded their defense um they picked they? up <laughs> again on paper this feels very um uh, washingtonian let's say um where they they swiped a couple of um familiar faces in bobby Hamilton and ted washington mount washington um and also picked up Warren Sapp from, uh, I believe it was in the Buccaneers before. Uh, and so they're like, they stocked that, uh, offensive line or oh, the defensive line rather with big time names because <laughs> they said, uh, they're leading sacker last year. I don't even fucking remember who it was. Cause it was like not a huge
1: name. Tommy Kelly.
0: Yes. Um, he led the team with four sacks the season before. Uh, so they had issues getting crushed on the quarterback, spent a bunch of money on defensive linemen and got a whole zero sacks in this game. So good for them.
1: And they got uh they had a future Patriot in uh Derek Burgess, right? We we had him mm-hmm. at the end of his career, right?
0: Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, who was uh I believe led the team in sacks with sixteen this year. Um so wow. he paid off, yeah. Um, sixteen sacks, three forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries. Made the Pro Bowl because of it. Wow, um, yeah. So him and Tommy Kelly had four and a half sacks. So they they got some pressure. Um, the one thing they couldn't get was interceptions. They forced five on the season. Wow, not so good. So turnovers, turnovers were a problem. Um, or lack thereof, I should say, it was a problem. Um. But the Patriots never really had a lot of issue with uh, North Turner-led teams in general. Um, this was one of six games they would play against them, and uh, the Patriots were 5-1 and one versus North Turner-led teams. Only the loss was in 2008 versus Chargers, which 2008 was one of those weird years too, so that doesn't really surprise me. Mm. Um, but also, like I don't know if you can give that to North Turner, if we're being honest. Uh, we had... Oh, that, that's another uh, notable name that has left. Um, that they're seeing again is uh, the defensive coordinator for the Oakland Raiders in Rob Ryan, who was the linebackers coach for four years with the Patriots. Um, Also some names you might recognize. uh, The secondary coach is Chuck Pagano um, noted failed um, Colts head coach uh, who took over for, was he the one that took over for um, he's the one that ruined Andrew luck, right? Chuck Pagano
1: believe so
0: yeah yeah because he took over in 2012 went 11 and five three years in a row and then eight and eight eight and eight four and twelve and then he was fired <laughs> uh so downward trend there and wink Martindale who I believe is the Giants defensive coordinator now was the inside linebackers coach which seems like a, uh that seems like you're just giving him a title um like oh no you get to coach the linebackers not all of them just the inside linebackers. Congratulations.
1: You have um, dominion over two players.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh neither of which seem to have done very well. So I, I can see why he's uh, moving on it. Um, but yeah, Warren Sapp, what came over. Uh Namdi Asamuga came over. As Asum
1: Asamwag as, as, as- as- Asamwag. As- I don't know.
0: Um who had 14 passes defended, 60 tackles, and zero other stats. So good for him. Because um, I, th- I thought this was like his peak too, but apparently not.
1: I don't know how early in this his career this is. I don't either.
0: Because um, I remember him and... I thought him and Champ Bailey were supposed to be like the lockdown corners of the, the NFL. And then like they just... I don't know, they fell off for some reason. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Warren Sapp was second on the team with five sacks which is pretty impressive considering he's playing defensive tackle. Um, and that's kind of like all she wrote uh, for the the Oakland Raiders. Like they, they look better on paper than they actually performed. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with not just turnovers because uh, Kerry Collins, at least in this game, seems like his whole... Um, his whole thing was just to chuck it up and, you know, fuck it. Randy Moss is down there somewhere sort of thing. Yep. Which uh, kind of worked in this game. Not going to lie. Randy Moss finished with like two catches for over a hundred yards <laughs> something ridiculous. Uh, but Kerry Collins was chucking it into like triple coverage. Like, yeah, Randy Moss is down there. You know, the little Doris gonna is going to have to be incomplete or Randy Moss will, you know, pat my stats. Um, so Kerry Collins had a bunch of turnovers and, uh, <laughs> He just, I don't know. He, he wasn't, he didn't feel like a leader of an offense. Um, I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. Well,
1: I, I think not by the end of it, he didn't look that way, but that first drive, I definitely was like, I was, I was scared because yeah, I'm, I'm I've been focusing on the, those linebackers and, uh, <laughs> Madden was was the one to say it. He just said they really sold out for the run on that play action fake, and it was both you know uh, Monty Beisel and Ed Brown that did that. But yeah, um, the new guy, you know, they're they're stepping into big shoes. and Ed Brown says that too. So yeah, um, you know, yeah. the only other note that I had for that was uh, Lamont Jordan should have should have been the first fat head poster because his head is massive. <laughs> it's a really big head. He's just a bobblehead. Dude, he, and he, he was running down that field. He was rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. He like, was, yeah.
0: I, I mean, it, at the beginning of the game, too, it looked like I wrote down, like, yeah, he was running well during the game. I thought he was averaging like eight yards a carry, but by yeah. the end of it, like, the Patriots kind of like sorted themselves out. Yeah. And he, by the end of the game, was averaging less than four yards a carry, Um, which sounds like not great, but, um, I think we can talk about Corey Dillon. (laughs) Speaking of not great. yeah, Did not have a good game. um, Especially early. He started off four carries for negative three yards. um, Early in the game, I think uh, even the commentators made a point to call out that where was it? Oh, yeah. Um, Pat, the Patriots drove down the field the first two times. um, Scored a field goal and and a touchdown and after the second drive, the Patriots had 132 passing yards and one rushing yard. <laughs> um, and I don't know if that one rushing yard was even Corey Dillon. I think it was, um, Kevin Fox. So he had a, uh, a tough day and he actually, they showed after that second touchdown or after the first touchdown, rather, um, Brady was on the sidelines, kind of like trying to fire up Corey Dillon was, like getting his face and was like trying to pump him up. And Corey Dillon looked a little like pissy about something. Um, so I don't know if like this is kind of the beginning of the end for him too, because I don't, I, obviously he doesn't recreate what he had in 2004, but, uh, he didn't quite look the same. Um, wasn't breaking tackles. Wasn't getting around the corner like he used to. I was like, you know, when a running back falls off, they fall off fast, but he finished 23 carries, 63 yards for 2.7 yards a carry, which not great. Um, but he did have two touchdowns, so fuck it, right? Yeah, we'll take it. That's, that's, that's a decent fantasy stats. That's some uh, Jerome Bettis stats right there. Mm, for sure. Um yeah. Uh are there any other new guys on the Patriots that we should talk about, do you think?
1: Um, well, and Watson, I mean, he's it, this is mm-hmm. it's not a lot of like additions that we had. Right. Because you no, know, we mostly stayed the same, but it was a lot of like returning guys that he either, either didn't know about or we're starting to question. So, yeah. Troy Brown coming back and Ben Watson. It, it was weird. They saw the offense for this game, like, it was like everyone had their drive. And mm-hmm. it was like, all right, you go off, then you go off, then you go yeah. off. So, the fir- that first drive, uh, Ben Watson just looked like a, a man amongst boys. Like, he oh, just yeah. ripped. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, he's still in group today.
0: Yeah, running over people. Yeah, it was great. Um, and I've actually forgotten that he was drafted the year before, like first round, right? And then was um like got injured out for the season, the first game.
1: Yeah, I was so disappointed. I was so looking forward to him that. uh, Yeah,
0: and then they almost like kind of had to settle for Daniel Graham, who was their draft pick the year before that in the first round. Um, who. Monster of a man, same sort of thing. Looks like Ben Coates but can't catch like Ben Coates unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Ben Watson looked like, like he said, a man among boys. Um, and I think he, I think they, they said he had like two catches on the first drive and that was like more than he had all last season. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> of course. Um, that makes a ton of sense. But so he's, he's kind of like already got his, his total for the, uh, for for his career, he's doubled his, his catch total. Um, but then you kinda like like you said, you didn't really see him much after that. Um, and then uh I mean there was your patented Daniel Graham either running the wrong route or Brady overthrowing him, um and having a couple drops, which is you know par for the course. Um and also uh, I didn't realize Christian Fourier was still on this team, but I found I don't even remember where I found this. Um but it was, they were talking about uh, the whole like uh, turmoil in the offseason. And Fourier was kind of part of that. Because um, it says, on offense, tight end Christian Fourier had been told in a candy conversation with tight ends coach Jeff Davidson that this was likely his last year in Foxborough. Young tight ends Daniel Graham and Ben Watson needed more time to play. Fourier sulked when he heard the news. And then he says, Quote, I told myself, you're such a baby. I was pissed at myself for acting that way. In that instance, I decided to change my attitude. I don't know if he did because I mean, if you hear him on talk radio, he still sounds like a bit of a whiny baby. But uh, yeah, so I mean, he's technically still on the team. But I don't, I don't think I saw him in this game.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't remember seeing him. Um, I do, uh, I do remember reading some things about him, like in the off season. Nothing, nothing like that though. I didn't, I never heard that quote. That was, that was definitely a. Interesting one to hear. Yeah, but I mean, they have a lot of good tight ends this year, so
0: mm-hmm.
1: they're going to plug them in when when they need them.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. Like, you know, obviously, we have this shitty little podcast that nobody listens to. But if it does ever get to the point where like we can get somebody like Bill Belichick on, the question I want to ask him is like, what is it about having two premier tight ends that like gets you hard? <laughs> because he has been chasing that for the entire time yeah uh, with the you could see ben watson and uh daniel graham um even that before that, they had it with um fourier and um wiggy and then it was hernandez and gronk and now it's like they, they're just like i mean they just signed kiseki right mike kiseki from uh right
1: and they still have hunter well,
0: exactly yeah so he he I don't know if he sees it as some sort of like matchup key where if you have those two tight ends, uh, you can be more flexible because you can run and pass out of the same group of like players or like what exactly you're, you're doing. But, uh, he, he just has always seemed, and nobody like really talks about it. It's like, oh, Belichick loves his tight ends because, uh, Mark Bavaro is his, you know, favorite son. um, But like it's always two tight ends. He always seems to want those two, and when it works, it it works. I mean, just think of two thousand twelve, right? Yep. Like that that team was borderline unstoppable until um, Hernandez stopped it. Yeah. Um. All right, so let's bring that mood down. That was cool. Uh, (laughs) uh, Whoops. Let's just
1: bring it to that.
0: All right, yeah, speaking of things that didn't work out as well. Um here's somebody that I was fucking pumped about is, uh, the page of signing and that is 5 foot 8, 180 pounds Tim Dwight. Uh, oh, I yeah. thought he was going to be the next Troy Brown, that like OG white slot receiver, the the OG Welker, Edelman mold. Um and he kind of looked at tonight uh, at least on punt returns. He, he had looked good, shifty as fuck. Um, he broke pretty much all of them, um, and even if he didn't, he ran for forty yards uh, horizontally before getting tackled, which is awesome. Um, and he's just like he that, that. It was definitely that same mold, right? Of yeah, uh, the the tiny white slot receiver, quick and shifty, and has no regard for his or anybody else's safety.
1: No, and he's just electric on special teams.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, uh, that kind of goes back to Troy Brown as well, who, you know, no longer he, he's doing punts, but he's like the hands guy, right? He's only receiving punts if it's, if he's standing inside his own 20, cause he's got the hands yeah. for it. Um, yeah. but he's not being asked to even return punts anymore. Yeah. Um, but he still came back and he, um, I think you found a quote, let me see if I can pull it up. I don't know if you have it uh, about Troy Brown and his, a lot of uh, Troy Brown things in there. Yeah, there. He is. <laughs> it was awesome. Um, I, just, I just love reading about Troy Brown, but uh, basically, just talking about how, like, like he, he he just like came in and did his job. He didn't bitch about it. He didn't like you know he could have gone to New Orleans. He could have made more money. It was like, I'm at the end of my career. My kids basically came to me like, we don't we want right. to move. Right, the Patriots. He's like. Fuck it. So he took the vet minimum and like everybody there is like, like everybody on the team, like everybody uh, that got quotes from like, here's one from Rodney Harrison. Um, I was elated, Harrison said. A guy like that deserves everything you can get. He's just a great player and just a great example for the young guys. How to handle yourself and how to do things consistently day in and day out. Troy adds a lot to this team in a lot of different ways said coach Bill Belichick, both on the field as a receiver and as a return in his kicking game and also just his presence and the competitiveness that he brings an athlete and as a football player to the team those are all big positives like i mean it's what he does um but his biggest positive was the fact they didn't have to play cornerback anymore <laughs> they signed <laughs> dwayne starks um and tyron pools would be getting healthy. um but yeah i mean he's like he's what years ago as long as we're a healthy football team and we've got guys in place that can play i'm happy he said fucking <laughs> like troy brown like he yeah is, the I mean obviously we're a brown focused podcast. podcast because you know he, he's our brother and we share a name with him. Right, we grew up at that time, but he is also just like the prototypical New England patriot.
1: I have a, I have two quotes here that are pretty good you have no uh, from him. I still approach it the same way. I want to go out there and play well and see where I'm at personally. Uh, I feel like. I'm there, ready to go uh, and make some plays and hopefully impact the outcome of the game. Uh, Another one, I approached situation like I was fighting for a job like everyone else. He said uh, it was one of those deals where just because your situation or your status or longevity on the team doesn't always work out. It's one of those feelings where you know uh, you made the right decision. Like, like he's just (laughs) dude, and he like, he's going into his 13th year and he's right. still fighting for a position. Like,
0: Yeah. And he's like, the
1: definition of the Patriot way.
0: Yeah. And he's cool with it. He's like, yeah, I mean, this is just how it is. Like I, yeah, I fight for my position every year. Like, this, you know, <laughs> no hard <to> feelings. <laughs> <him>. That's cool.
1: <laughs> right. He that's gets that's it. it.
0: Yeah. And then, um, I would say, I don't know, play of the game, but, um, I think kind of the, the score that put this game away. Cause, um, The Colts, uh, the Colts, Jesus Christ, the Raiders kind of hung around. Um, Yeah. Thanks. Thanks to Randy Moss, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, who set up two Raiders touchdowns. Well, special teams
1: kept them in it.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, But it's 23, 14 Patriots um, because Vinatieri had missed an extra point. Finally,
1: it it got blocked.
0: But to get blocked. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. and uh so you know it's still a little too close for comfort. Um oh. when the Pages finally put a drive together. Um they hadn't been able to finish drives, uh kind of the second half of this game. The the Raiders had kind of figured some things out. But then uh yeah, Troy Brown, the Wiley vet managed to get a pass interference call, uh like a defensive pass interference called uh in the end zone, which set set them up first and goal on the one, which then Corey Dillon converted. Um like the next play to put them up 30 to 14. And uh, even though the Raiders would manage to score another touchdown and make it 20 to 2013, um, like it was never really in doubt because of Troy Brown coming in here and, you know, using his smarts, which is kind of like what got him through the NFL career all the way through. Like he was just a super smart player too. Like he always mm-hmm. knew exactly what to do and when to do it. Uh, so Troy Brown, my game ball.
1: What a surprise! No no surprise there. Uh, Um, yeah, I did have a couple. Um, football or not footballs,
0: okay? All right.
1: Um, so this was a quote by Madden. Um, (laughs) of course, (laughs) Zach Crockett is a load.
0: Just a load.
1: <laughs> is that football or not football?
0: Uh, I I don't think that's football. I mean, that was John Madden, and John Madden is football. <laughs> but calling somebody a load, I think that's I think that's derogatory.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, so a little later in the game, um, he's talking about Fred Belenicoff, uh oh, yeah. Yeah. Madden again. He said, "You're talking about the guy who." has moves and hands.
0: That's Fred (laughs) (laughs) Blitnikoff. Moves and hands. who girl. Uh, That that may also be illegal. Um, Especially in 2023. Like that's, you can't, you can't have moves and hands. I think it's one or the other, to be honest. Um, And you have to have consent.
1: Uh, That's what I've learned. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, All right. Uh, I like it. um, Another, yeah, this is another Madden. Um
0: No kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh they're going to come up on him and they get right in right behind him. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh for for context, this is um this is Randy Moss. Uh he's talking about Randy Moss.
0: No, he's not. Uh actually I th- this one definitely I think he made up that's definitely not football. Um <laughs> I remember Greg Brown or I was one of the boys. I used to work at Blockbuster, um, and they would recite. They, they'd actually memorize all the names of the dirty movies, um, like in the adult section. Uh, Shaving Ryan's privates, I believe, was my favorite. Um, and I'm pretty sure what you just read was on the back of one of those those boxes, those VHS tapes. Um, so I'm going to say that is not football. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, so we're, uh, we're four for four on <laughs> nice. footballs. So far, so good. Uh, we've got a couple more here. Um, see the crowd underneath that he draws, and then they can come right in behind where Randy Moss is short and hit the pass on that next
0: level. I, that's not even grammatically correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's John Madden having a Teddy Bruschi-esque stroke.
1: <laughs> okay, so that's, uh, we'll just put that in a, its own third category. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he leads and boom, right there, he gets his guy and Corey Dillon comes in right behind.
0: Him. Wait, was this John Madden?
1: Uh, yes. Also, John Madden. Yep. No
0: kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that one. That one could be football because he said Cor- Corey Dillon.
1: Yeah. You almost unless, <laughs> unless he's somewhere <laughs> oh, else with Corey Dillon, but never that's mind. true. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: I don't think Corey I, Dillon leaves the house, so. Uh, that's
1: <laughs> cool. uh, I think we got two more. Um, the big old nose tackle plugging up the middle all night. Playing a four-man line when you thought it was going to be a three-man line. Oh, is that football or not football?
0: That's not football. I've seen that movie. <laughs> Mom, don't listen to this part. This
1: is dirty. Uh, and the last one is, these guys don't have great ball skills, but when you grow that big, you're not going to have great ball skills. But he showed some pretty good ball skills. Oh, God! Also,
0: Don Madden. <laughs> really? Jonathan. <laughs> yeah.
1: There are children watching.
0: <laughs> that is a lot of ball skills. <laughs> my goodness.
1: Yeah, he said uh, ball skills three times in a matter of five seconds. Yeah,
0: good, good Lord.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He, he, I mean, you said he was on his game and in his like prime, and I think he absolutely showed it there. I, I think you're
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god! All right. Uh, well, I'm going to uh, uh, jump off of that uh, because I have something that is—it's uh, not football, not football. It's just—it's—it's—I uh, I don't even know how to explain. It. I'm just going to play it. I don't know how to explain this. The 33 new feature
1: called Inside Out. Here's Tom Brady Inside Out. Oh. In high school, I was voted Mister Studious. Joe Montana was my idol growing up. The strangest request I received from a fan is being a best man in somebody's wedding I've never met. If I could have dinner with one famous celebrity, it'd be Bono. When I hang up the spikes, I'm gonna sleep till noon every day. I play this game for the ring. Jesus
0: Christ. Uh, yeah. What a loser. What an absolute fucking loser! Tom Brady was in two thousand five. Because also, I mean, this is a podcast. It's an audio medium, so I should point out that he was like, um, he had the number one clipper done, probably a supercuts for that promo, uh, looking like a twelve-year-old and <clears throat> talking about how when I hang up the cleats, I'm going to sleep till noon. <laughs> like, no, you're going to run a fucking scam NFT is what you're going to do, but like. Jesus Christ.
1: Well, no, he's he's gotta be getting up early because he said uh anyone who thought that I'd be come back from retirement hasn't gotten their daughter a kitten. So Right. Yeah, that's true, yeah. He's got so sleepless he, nights now.
0: He's a kitten dad. <laughs> <laughs> but like oh all of those answers are like the uh, I feel like I'm reading one of those like teen bot magazines or whatever the fuck they were called. <laughs>
1: and the way that he just talks when he's yeah. like Someone invited me to the wedding that I don't
0: even know. No, oh my god! Coming up next on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Fuck, dude, that's bad. Yeah, so, but that's who he was back in two thousand, and, and I forget about that. Like, you know, you see him like screaming at Corey Dillon on the sidelines. Like, oh yeah, that's Tom Brady, we know. But then, like, you see him in like these like public appearances, and it's like, oh, what a fucking cornball. Yeah. And then there was a story about, like, uh, I was in, like, sixth grade or something. Uh, he had to, like, he, he he had to do 25 push-ups, 25 sit-ups, and then, like, jump rope 100 times uh, every morning. And then he had to call his <laughs> dad's personal trainer and tell <laughs> him that he did it, or else his dad would fine him a dollar. But if he did it, he would get 25 cents. I'm like, what the What kind of gotta earn a wage like what kind of kid is that though like <laughs> just think about when you were in sixth grade we were like oh yeah i gotta i gotta do my jump ropes so i have a quarter no like, holy crap no like did, i really think like you know growing up we all wanted to be a professional athlete we wanted to be famous we wanted to be like known for being tom Brady. but the more i think about it as like a fucking grown adult no I, you actually i think have to have something wrong with you Absolutely. to actually get there because there's this like drive that normal people don't have and I don't think it's a healthy one like it's it's probably like obsessive yeah it's like this, this like mental illness that makes you like have to be the best I mean i not why,
1: say that Tom Brady is mentally ill
0: I think there might be something there I mean the man divorced Giselle so he could play one more year for a mediocre Buccaneers team
1: they look good on paper <laughs>
0: Did it? I, I don't know. It, it was the same team. They looked like this Raiders team. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Very deceptive. And, and he, are you telling me Carrie Collins doesn't have a? I mean, Carrie Collins is an alcoholic. <laughs> so I mean, I, I, I think there's like I, there's there's something there that's like yeah I don't know. <laughs> you you gotta be, you gotta have a no. What's what's the uh, sorry? Twenty twenty three. What's the correct term? It is neurodivergent. Um, right. I know this because I am neurodivergent. Uh, I yeah, I've been diagnosed with ADHD. Believe it or not, (laughs) congratulations. Same here. How? how, (laughs) Well, ADD, not ADD. Uh, it's all the same. That's my mother will point out. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, they're the same. Yeah, I I am not uh hyperactive. I am inattentive. The two different yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, so my notes are much better after taking Adderall, which is impressive. Um, as you can tell tonight it has worn off, um, which is why <laughs> we have been all over the fucking place. Um and we haven't really talked a ton about the game. Um so as a way to do that, let's do uh let's do best and worst You good for that? Yeah. <laughs> all right, you go first. You are the you are the guest, you get to go first.
1: All right. Um I had a best curtain somewhere, where's it? Oh, my best was um John Madden's Belichick impression. Did you hear that? No, I think I missed that. Um, really? it it was somewhere I think in the third quarter. Right? Uh, oh, it's no, it's when he's doing that. Um, it's when they go over the uh the pregame.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Suddenly at the end he goes, "Oh yeah, this is a bunch of baloney." <laughs> 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 and I was like, "Yeah." Again, again, just to not to keep harping on it, but you're the same. You know, Madden's in his prime here, and he's just executing yeah. on every level. He's like just hitting peak after peak after peak for me. So, oh yeah, um, my oh, my best was definitely John Madden.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> uh... no, so, what about do the worst,
1: my worst. Right. Um, so, I think my worst was the the pregame. It was just. It was that video for if anyone is listening. We'll put it uh, in the you, show
0: notes. Yeah. Yeah. So it,
1: you'll be able to see it. <laughs> but like, if you watch it, be careful because it is literally just like an acid trip. It is unbelievable the visuals that are going on and then just panning. And it was just, that was absolutely the worst.
0: Yeah. My, I, uh, I watched it at lunchtime today. Um, and my wife made me lunch and there was mushrooms in the in the lunch i'm like i are these regular mushrooms i don't don't, yeah uh, apparently they were um i asked her they were fine uh but yeah it was just it was just a weird fucking video yeah so (laughs) yeah uh it because especially now like everything is so polished with this like that sort of stuff the nfl does Mm. or the patriots do like they're all just like it's it's so smooth so polished everything is like Super rehearsed, and this was just like, "Ah, hey, we'll wing it. It's fine. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, we'll make it feel like MTV.
1: Right. Yeah, we'll get everyone involved. Yeah, and everybody. Someone called sure. Freddie Prince Jr. Now.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: we can't get Carson Daly. Get Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> He's good. Uh,
0: all right. Um, I I think I could put both my best and worst being uh, both Josh Miller, <laughs> mm. uh, because he mm-hmm. had two punts that were fucking phenomenal mm. like in the third quarter uh where he bombed a punt that both of them bounced inside the one yard line and then came straight back up and landed on the three without being like touched down i like, that's just where it stopped Fucking phenomenal Insane. Punts. Insane. Um, and then mm. in the fourth quarter with the patriots up 30 to 14 uh he has his punt blocked and the raiders score a touchdown like a minute later. And so now it's like an actual game. Like, ah, oh, fuck it. Um, so that kind of sucked. Um, but those, it was like just seeing Josh Miller out there um, did not make me uh, miss, fuck was his name? Ken Walter? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Ken Walter and his in his nose and his face. <laughs> yeah.
1: That thing uh, was a snosage. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And his face bar was like so low too that it like it accentuated it like just bro like put I don't know put a, a visor on or something <laughs> just, just tone it down a bit. Um, but I will say honorable mention goes to Rodney Harrison. This game, I'm just gonna give it to him because uh, spoiler alert, we won't see him much this season. Um, but he had an amazing tackle on the kickoff, which John Madden pointed out too. That you know the Patriots one of the few teams that actually use yep. um starting players uh, like you know high-end players on uh special teams and rodney harrison it looked like a blatant face mask like blatant face mask he like ran by the guy and just kind of like threw his arm out and caught the guy and just chucked him like 4 him down to the ground like that had to be a face mask turns out it wasn't um but it was so close like he, he basically grabbed him by the um horse collar yeah, like, like like the front of his jersey, and just yeah. threw him to the ground. One hand. Yeah.
1: Well, he was behind him, and yeah. he's like got the front of the jersey. Yeah. And he just like picked him up and just so like fast.
0: tossed him down. <laughs> um, but it looked so much like a face mask that one of the other Raiders players came over and tried to fight him. But the the referee must have been in perfect position because he didn't get called for it. Mm. Um, and then towards the end of the game, I well, in the third quarter, um, Kerry Collins did his patented chuck it up and hope. Uh, Randy Moss in the end zone on like third and forty, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was double covered, and one of the people coverage him was Ronnie Harrison. And Harrison got up livid, trying to oh, complain to the referee that uh, it was pass interference on Randy Moss.
1: Oh yeah, 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 I do remember that.
0: And then, um, it actually paid off because at the end of the game, when the Raiders scored that touchdown off the block punt, they went for two and tried to do a lob to Randy Moss which yep. was broken up by, uh, I think it was Ante Asante Samuel. Yep. And the referees threw a flag for offensive pass interference on that. So even if you had caught it, it would have been overturned.
1: I did wow. have a note on that too, because Al Michaels was like, so confused and like mm-hmm. pissed off. And I'm like, dude, how can you think that that is on Asante Samuel? He's yeah, about like, to get an, in, like he's about to intercept the ball. Yeah. And Randy Moss
0: throws him down <laughs> just to the ground. grabs of, him and chucks him on the ground. like a
1: rag doll, just beats him down yeah it was amazing
0: um and then one last uh worst uh for Kerry collins because we're gonna pile on, on him now that i know that he was a quitter um john madden was talking about how in this new offense uh you know north turner likes to throw the ball down the field um sets up sets it up with the run whatever um but John Madden's quote was, North Turner was saying that they put a camera in practice just on Kerry Collins' eyes to make sure he's always looking upfield. And I thought, yeah, yep. That's probably not a sign of good things to come for Kerry Collins. <laughs> if your fucking coach is like, we're going to record your eyes to make sure you're looking in the right spot, I feel like that should be kind of figured out by the time you're halfway through your NFL career.
1: Yeah, because he got drafted, what, 95, right? Yeah, so by that point, he's in the 10 years. Yeah,
0: and he's still. And you're
1: telegraphing where you're going to throw the ball still. Uh, not
0: great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> can't imagine why it didn't work out.
1: But yeah, uh, but to add to your like best and worst for Josh Miller, um, mm-hmm. I was reading after that uh, that the reason why that happened, and it was like, so they were asking Josh Miller about it. He's like, "Yeah, I don't really want to talk about it." But then he ended up, you know, talking about it. All right. And uh if I remember correctly, he was like, "Yeah, it was kind of Ben Watson's fault on the left side. It was something on the left side."
0: Oh shit. Was so the, Ben Watson on the
1: bus. Yeah, so the, the left side got blown up and then oh, damn. Cuz a lot of people were talking big about um uh Ben Watson. So mm-hmm. I, I do have a quote here from the uh, Globe. So it says, um, he says, so I'll be a rookie until, and then uh, I don't have who uh, wrote it. but um, yes. It says, until uh, Brady says you're not a rookie. Well, that may not be the case, but Brady hinted that maybe fans and media should curb their enthusiasm for the Patriots' hot new weapon for now. Ben's been game, <laughs> Brady said. <laughs> and Ben has higher expectations than anyone on the field. In a lot of ways, Ben's trying to understand his position and find a role. Um, uh, I don't know what Ben can do. of only seen him play one game. And and Graham won two Super Bowls, and Christian won two. Uh, I know that position is pretty good, and hopefully Ben adds to it. So, I mean, he as he did good, he also you yeah. know. <laughs> He's actually one of my also uh, best and worst.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. The best was
1: I'll the add it first that, quarter man.
0: and the worst was the other three. Yeah. <laughs> so Fair enough. My worst is Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> stealing the ring and then also for trying to start World War Three.
1: Yeah. Guy. Yeah, I'll also uh, tack on to that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, what do we have next week?
1: We have... Carolina Panthers.
0: Oh right, this was um, the game where the Patriots were almost kind of looking ahead to the Panthers, right? Um, yeah, where that's uh, very unpatriot like. Um, but the yeah, they they might be kind of you know overlooking these Raiders, which you know, makes sense now. But definitely. Um, We will see what happens as a rematch of the 2003 Super Bowl. Um, I don't know anything about the Panthers at this point in 2005, because I I think I have blocked 2005 out of my memory. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually remember this game, even this Oakland Raiders game. Uh, I don't know about you. but
1: Uh, I I don't. I remember bits and pieces as the game kind of went on, but I definitely had and I don't really remember this 2005 season. The only thing I remember is just that uncertainty I felt coming into the season.
0: Yeah. I I remember how it ended and I think that's about it. Um, but yeah, so a lot of this is kind of like watching these games for the first time again, which is interesting. Uh, so we will, yeah, it doesn't make
1: me feel good though. (laughs) Not particularly. (laughs) Feel queasy.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We will see, uh, what happens when the pages travel to Carolina to face the Panthers. Um, which I think they've had decent luck with over the years. Um, but we'll see what 2005 brings next week on the Patriots Dynasty Podcast. <laughs> Motherfucker, that's the wrong sound. It reset. Oh, I've lost my Greg noise. Have I? Turn in next week to see how much of a blubbering little bitch Greg is on the Patriots <laughs> Dynasty Podcast. Yeah, still got it. Uh, oh, that's
1: just like great. just not like the Oakland Ryan.
0: Raiders going to Gillette Stadium to uh, take on the Patriots. Uh, I also have to knock a little rust off as we get back into the podcasting game. But Tim, this was lovely. Thank you for joining me. Um,
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely, and uh, hopefully we'll be doing this on a more regular basis. Um, we're trying to do it weekly. But uh, having said that, we will not be here next week. So in two <laughs> weeks, and then we'll be back for your weekly dose to get you through the off season. Um, because right now there is nothing going on football wise, uh, even for the most diehard. Like I am so done with mock drafts already. I, I just can't do it. <laughs> so hopefully that means we will be bringing you some 2005 goodness um, games that. None of us remember because we blocked out of our heads. Um, So we will give you the good, bad and the ugly and we will see you then. See you later. Later.